All right. Welcome. Welcome into the 105th episode of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. The gang is all back. Super producer Nixie finally makes his return to the podcast after a couple weeks of shoddy Wi-Fi. Uh, we're going to be doing some reports from around the realm. Crystal Ball picks Max has a trade and a requiem for Nicholas Jamal Chubb to lead off the episode. Wanted to thank everyone for tuning in. Go follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. Let's go. Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your dynasty league for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts. Here we go. Episode number 105 of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast, whoever you may be. However, you may be listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, welcome, welcome in. We got the guys back together. Super Producer is back from his hiatus. Super Producer and Max are up in the land. I'm hanging out in Jersey. Gentlemen, what an exciting week to slate. I know it's going to be hard to talk about anything else, but you heard my uh, spiel on Aaron Rodgers last week. I'm ready for both of you guys to give your uh, postmortem on Nicholas Jamal Chubb. Mr. Chubb. Mr. Chubb. Mike it's, Tomlin stole something from us, Max. Calls yeah. him Mr. Chubb. I call you Mr. Max, Mr. C. Mike Tomlin must might be listening. I don't know. It's sad, man. I mean, it's like right after it happened, like I, I didn't even care that we scored a touchdown. I didn't even like – it just didn't feel right. The whole game just felt off. It almost felt just like – like he's one of those guys where he works hard, he grinds, he's in there every day, like – he doesn't talk much, but you know, like what he is, he's just, he's an animal, you know, he's not like this flashy guy or whatever. And it just stinks. And especially that's the same knee and everything like that. And we'll get into it in the episode, but it was just really tough to see. And I'll pass over to Nick. I was talking beforehand with some people and like, they were like, Oh, the Browns should win, right? They're, they're going to win. I'm like, dude, these are the games that they have not won historically since they've moved back to Cleveland where it's the easy you look at it, you're like, on paper, they should just roll through these Pittsburgh Steelers, but somehow they're going to end up making it a close game or just straight up losing. And we saw Watson look like garbage for another week, which is, that's probably as big, I feel like, as the Chubb injury. I mean, obviously the Chubb injury is bigger, but there's a lot of bad narratives going around with Cleveland um, right now. But, you know, it's so tough because it's early in the season, too. So it's, it, you know, it's overreaction season. Everybody, you know, they have two bad weeks for Watson and, you know, the ship's falling apart and they got to fire Stefanski, right? But I don't know. I, I'll i expect them to to make a move here for running back um, pretty soon, whether it's trading for one or just picking up some guys in free agency, because I do love Jerome Ford, but. I don't know that he's the answer for for the whole season, but we'll see, man. I don't know. I I'm starting to feel better now that that we're recording an episode. But today, I like we were just talking about, I was in a pretty foul mood all day. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to dance on Chubb's grave here um, by any stretch of the imagination. But Ford did look good, and Ford is not a you know elite tier running back, not an elite tier prospect. Not to say that there haven't been guys like Aaron Jones in the past that were not quote-unquote good out of college, but turned it on and became great pros. Austin Eckler, another example. But Ford looked really good, and I think it's going to be a plug-and-play offense for the Brownies. Their scheme is just too good 
even if you get, you know, nine tenths the production that Chubb gives, it's still not a catastrophic injury for the Browns season, in my opinion. I think if they had Chubb, they win the game, honestly. If they have Chubb, they probably do win the game because they trust the run more. Can't be giving away 14 points on on uh, turnovers. Unacceptable. No, the whole the whole game was unacceptable and four turnovers. You're not going to expect to win the game. And then, but when you look at it, it's like, like you said, 14 points off turn pick sixes, whatever it is, fumble sixes, and then a 70 yard touchdown. That's really all their points. Um, three plays, three, three plays, plays, 21 points. Last little point, because I love the Browns. The defense looks legit. Yeah. I get Pittsburgh was garbage and yeah. don't, they don't have a good offense, but two weeks in a row, they're top five in like a lot of defensive statistics so far. So I think uh, that's the, the guys time. going. All, yep. all they had to do was not turn the ball over on that fourth, like in the fourth quarter there. Like if they didn't, like they could have went, they could have need, need, need and punted the ball to Kenny Pickett. I don't care. He's terrible. That offense looks terrible. George Pickens looked fine, but we'll get into it. I don't know. They could have need, need, need and punted it and they would have been, they would have won. The game. All right. Enough, enough uh, letting out your emotions. It's over. We're on the next week. And with that being said, we're going to get into our episode. We have a great one for you today. We're going to be doing reports from around the realm into our crystal ball. And believe it or not, Mr. Max is definitely going to talk about a trade because we know Mr. Max. He is always going to talk trade at some point during the episode. So we have a great one for you coming up. Uh, We want you to check out our Twitter page. We just gave away a signed Garrett Wilson jersey, New York Jets Garrett Wilson jersey on – the Monday night that literally broke my spine when Aaron Rodgers got hurt. We gave it away at halftime. Uh, again, all that the person that won it had to do was go to our Twitter account and follow us. We're going to be doing more giveaways throughout the season, most likely towards the end of the season. But keep in touch over there. Super producer does a great job of keeping everyone up to date on some crazy stats, videos. And then particularly when we're watching college sports, we're talking about guys in the college ranks that are going to be sleepers. I remember right when we started the podcast, we were tweeting about Kyron Williams and talking about Kyron Williams. And now look, he's definitely got a role. We loved his tape and he had opportunity, right? So talent and opportunity come together. We see fantasy football production. So again, wanted to thank everyone for getting into the episode, following us on Twitter at dynasty monarchy over there at D Y N A S T Y M O N A R C H Y. Let's get into reports. All right, we just touched on Nick Chubb being out for the year, sadly. It is looking like Jerome is the lone back for now. Kareem Hunt probably going to come in. Uh, I know he had his visit with the Browns today. I believe that's just a formality. He's going to find his way back into that offense. I guess a, a question off of that, like, is this the window to sell Jerome Ford? Like, are you are you selling right now? Like, he just had a monster game on Monday night football everybody's panicking i mean obviously there's the kareem hunt rumors all these other rumors so maybe people aren't super bought in yet um but are you guys yeah. like just gonna sell that news in dynasty the way that the way that i kind of kind of view this is if somebody has nick chubb on their roster they're a competitor there is no way that a rebuilder has chubb on their roster maybe someone in the middle has chubb but you know i'd say in about 85 to 90 percent of your leagues it's going to be a competitor that has chubb right and Chubb is probably their RB1, or maybe for an elite team, he's the RB2. He's not sitting on your bench. He is a prime contributor. I think selling Ford, you can get a second-round pick right now. Easy. You can get an easy second-round pick for Ford right now to that owner, that Chubb owner. 
uh, who's probably panicking, trying to find an out at running back right now, because you look at the landscape of the league. Uh, there's a guy we'll talk about like Cam Akers. We'll talk about other guys uh, like Kyron Williams based on that, but landscape of the league, running backs are not playing too hot outside of a handful of them. Like that's a question though. Like Nixie, you own both Chubb and Ford, correct? You're a competitor. Like, what are you doing? Are you selling Ford for a second? Are you selling Chubb for a second? Like, I get you have that luxury of having running back depth, but if Nick Chubb's your running back two, whatever it is, like you have two running backs and like an average guy, like what are you doing? Like it is tough. It's a competitor hole. I mean, like that is a season killer for some people. No, it definitely is. And I, I was just talking with my stepbrother too, and he has um in our super flex league that that we're all in, he's got Aaron Jones, he's got Nick Chubb. I mean, he has a, a roster that's like kind of right there, but right now, I mean, he his ship is sunk. So I in that case, if you don't have the depth, you're really banking on Chubb as like the hero running back in your build. Ah, dude, I I don't see anyone that you can go out and realistically trade for without spending like a massive amount of draft capital. Like even a guy like ETN, who probably will be like top five. I mean, top 10 at least for the rest of the season, you're probably not going to be able to buy him. I feel like in certain scenarios, it might just be the the season ender. Like you might just have to break it down. Like if you don't have the legitimate depth, like you did, didn't make the trades in the off season to kind of prepare yourself for these injuries, then it, it might just be one where you got to break some break a team down. Sadly, I mean, I'm trying to think of some other cheap options that you could maybe go get. I, I don't know if you guys had any um, ones off the top of your head. I mean, Zach Moss comes to mind. Um, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. You can get that backfield if you wanted to. Zach Moss. Um, Kyron's probably going to be a little more expensive after that last game or whatever. But in Dynasty, you could get a guy like Zach Moss for a third probably. Um, you could get him for – I mean, he's a waiver claim probably right now, honestly. Um, I think they're still going to use running back by committee there. I think Deion Jackson, Evan Hall, I can still see them bringing in somebody. Richardson, when he's healthy, will take away running there. So you can get him for a third. Gus Buss, he's like 27 years old. You could probably get him for a third. So, I mean, you could go that route and just like, I mean, or you could just go like with the mid-competitor almost rebuild look of like zero RB almost where you go out, you get guys like Tank Bigsby for a couple seconds. You get Charbonnet who hasn't been playing well. You get A.J. Dillon and you just bank on an injury and you bank on you making the playoffs and then having Charbonnet and A.J. Dillon who are starting running backs. So that's probably the route I would go. Um, It's just investing in these younger-ish running backs that could break out and you can get higher ROI and still trying to compete. I think just biting the bullet and rebuilding earlier before rebuilding too late is definitely, definitely the way to go. Uh, if you have Chubb and you really don't think you can win at all. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that totally makes sense. Um, in our Mike Vrabel league, one quarterback, I, I'm pretty much at the point where like, I'm just going to ride. All, like I have an older, older team. Like I'm just going to ride it till all these guys fall out. Like I'm really not going to rebuild. Um, but I totally, the smart move is to kind of get out from under these guys, but uh, like we've been talking about the landscape's been so weird through two weeks. It's like, who are you going to invest into, uh, other than receivers and, and kind of look to rebuild there. But, um, as we were talking, another kind of cheap guy that you can maybe get for like a 
couple thirds or something. Raheem Mostert, he had a monster game this past week. Who knows if that's kind of sustainable, but if you're if you're sending a third, you need a like starting running back. He could be another cheap option for you there. Yeah, I I do agree. And talking about like your team, I mean, just to read it off for the people, you have guys. I mean, you had Cooper Cup. That's on Ben Unlucky. You obviously had Nick Chubb, but like you look at this team, everyone would be like, "Oh, this team's already shot." Like Nick C still has McCaffrey, Tony Pollard, Tyree Kill, St. Brown, Kelsey, Ayuk. Like he still has those guys. He just lost his depth right now. So it's like you could sell Tyree Kill and probably get a haul for a competitor, but like the competitors all have wide receivers and stuff in our league. So Nick C just has to kind of ride it out and hope that McCaffrey. I mean, I don't know McCaffrey and Pollard stay healthy. Nick C, Gus Bus can get second round pick in 2026. That's great, bro. My second in 2026 is going to be 201, bud. Anybody else's second in 2026, man? I'm ready. I'm ready to get rid of Gus Bus. I sold Zach Moss for a third, so I would suggest you start moving back to a third rounder. So moving on here, uh, we have a couple more reports. I'm going to take this one. This is my guy. Um, Anthony Richardson did get hurt in the first quarter, maybe early second quarter with a concussion last week. He's still the quarterback eight right now, only playing five quarters. Um, I'm in love, I think, with him, just from what I've seen so far. Like In Dynasty, I he's up there for me pretty high right now. I mean, maybe top five. Maybe I'm psycho. I don't know. He hasn't looked bad throwing the football. Michael Pittman's looked very involved. He's had over 10 targets each week. Um, his rushing upside is just, it's crazy. He had eight carries for 35 yards and two touchdowns in a half a quarter. Like you do that for a whole game. He's going to find the end zone very, very, a lot, a lot of times. And he's just one of those guys that's like, he's like Cam Newton. So if injuries stay out of his way, I don't see how he's not a top three quarterback. Are you getting a little Justin Fields fatigue here? No, not at all. I, I think that their O-line's better. I think their weapons are better than Fields has. I get he has DJ Moore now. Um, and even Justin Fields, like, sure, he's not, he doesn't win games in real life, but in fantasy, he was still a top-five quarterback last year. I think Anthony Richardson's built better and has a better coaching staff around him. We saw what Shane Steichen did with Jalen Hurts. So I think just the staff, the line, the weapons – um, I think they'll really develop him into a star. I wish I would have sprinkled on Richardson for offensive rookie of the year. Cause if he keeps that pace up, there's no way he's not going to win it. He was plus 900. Like for me right now, we'll talk super flex. I guess he's at least worth three first in super flex. Yeah. At least three. And Mahomes is probably going for five. I don't think he's up there. I think five is like, Everyone's going to hear five and they don't understand. We play in very inflated leagues where players don't move unless it's an overpay. Um, but honestly, in a super flex league where, you know, these guys, these elite quarterbacks are supposed to quote unquote play for 15 years. Five first is not crazy to have like one of the greatest of all time. No, I traded five first this off season for Mahomes. Um I, yeah, I think Anthony Richardson's at least worth three. I, I would not be selling. I don't think you can buy if you had him before the season. Congrats. Um, I have him in both our main and dynasty leagues, so I'm just ecstatic right now. All right, let's move on. Last talking point. Deontay Johnson is destined for the IR. He found his way onto it. He won't be back till week six. Anything to do with George Pickens' uptick in targets? Are you guys trying to sell this Pickens news? 
Kenny Pickett looked terrible, um, but George Pickens did look good. He he really went to him every time. I mean, anyone who had eyes could watch that. Allen Robinson had two catches. Calvin Austin, I think, had one. Their offense is just shot right now. I think they turned around. George Pickens looked pretty good. He's going to get fed the ball. He'll put up solid numbers. Um, I mean, he found the end zone on a 71 touchdown, which saved his day yesterday. But he'll be solid moving forward. I think he's like a back-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three for me. Yeah, I don't think I would sell right now. I think I'm waiting these three weeks out. So they have a bye week six. So realistically, Deontay will be back probably week seven against the Rams. Um, but they got Las Vegas Raiders, Houston, and then Baltimore. So if he could pop off for like two of those three games, I feel like then once it's going into the buy, there's probably going to be enough hype around them where you could sell if you were really trying to, to make some profit. Yeah, absolutely. All right. With that being said, let's move into a week two recap. All right. We're moving into a little weekly recap. We're all going to pick one player from last week that surprised us either good or bad. Mr. Max, I want you to start first. There's been a couple of players this offseason that I'm just infatuated by. Um, number one is probably Anthony Richardson. Number two is probably going to be Puka Nakua, um, BYU. The Rams, I mean, the writing was on the wall there. Obviously, didn't know Cooper Cup, whatever. Um, but their wide receiver room is not very strong. I mean, after that, everyone thought it would be Van Jefferson. No one thought Tutu Atwell. And I don't think anyone thought Puka Nakua. Um, week one, 15 targets, 10 catches, 119 yards. It's like, all right, Puka, like that's a really great week. Wide receiver nine. Um, week two, he does better 20 targets, 15 catches, 147 yards, neither of which times he's been two top 10 receiver finishes has not scored a touchdown. Um, I am infatuated by this man. I think that he is one of those guys that if you got him off waivers, I think he's going to be a league winner. I think even when Cooper cup comes back, he's developed that rapport with Matthew Stafford. We see what the run game is and stuff like that. They're going to have to pass to be effective. I think they do still do have a very decent team, the Rams. So I think Puka, I tell the guys all the time, I wouldn't sell for less than the first right now. So I don't know how you guys feel. Nick C would have sold for a fourth last week. I don't think he feels that way anymore. I don't know what to think of this, right? I mean, he's had the most catches through first two games in NFL history. Um, most catches, I think, by rookie week one of all time. Dude, it's just crazy what he's doing right now. I don't think it's sustainable for the whole season. I think he'll be a good like wide receiver too once Cup comes back. Like, yeah, Stafford is building rapport with him right now, but I think it, it's just got to be the the sell window for me. I mean, if I could sell for a first round pick, I'm any first round pick, I'm just easily selling it. Yeah, and because once Cup once Cup comes back from the IR, if he'll be back like week five. Week six, yeah, Puka will probably still get some feed, but Cup is him. Cup is a arguably top three receiver in the league for a reason, and he's the guy who gets the targets. Like, I get like Puka will get targets when Cup is back and healthy. That offense will probably get a better uptick. There, you can probably see some more touchdowns, but that's where I'm at. I think it's great. It's an awesome story to see like one of these fringe guys that probably was going undrafted or maybe fifth round rookie pick and he's popping off and we we were kind of chatting about it um on keep trade cut he was above like Traylon Burks and 
a few other players, which is crazy to me. Like you, you look That's at the nutty. hype that that some of those guys had, and Puka's just over them, which is like I, I would sell them straight up for Traylon Burks. I mean, I could be cracked, but I, I just don't see the season long sustainability. Maybe going into the next season, like y- you can maybe see Cup on the downswing because he's so old. But I don't know. That's just where I'm at with Puka right now. I it's awesome that he's popping off though. I think I, I snap sell for a mid to late. So like six to 10 projected first round pick for this upcoming class. I snap sell for that. If it's like one of the two guys that's probably going to win the league in your league, I probably wouldn't sell. Um, and then projected mid 2025 picks as well. But anything beyond that, I think you got to think. I don't think it's like a snap. But he has been looking very good, Mr. C. I want to, I don't want to touch on it too much. Nick C, you might want to close your ears. You might want to cut it out. Nick C did trade me Puka Nakua this offseason. He gave me Puka Nakua and a 24 second or a 26 second. I, uh, I don't know what the generosity is, Nick C, but I know. Yeah. Why is the 26 second projected a lot higher? It's really not. I mean, I feel like it is tough to project out 26 picks. I mean, even 25 picks are pretty hard to project as well, I feel like. Um, I just know with the specific build, I was thinking, obviously, I'm thinking Puka's not going to hit. He's just a random like roster clogger kind of guy. So I'm like, well, I'll just sell probably a projected late second this year to just get another pick in 26, which is really my, I'm trying to target. Exactly. I'm trying to target my rebuild window. It's probably bad timing. Like I didn't need to be making that trade right now or like before the season. So in my, in my head, looking at it, obviously it's a bad trade. Um, Even if Puka didn't hit, it's, it's a bad trade to make, but Hey man, you can't win every trade. I think in the other in our Superflex League too, I had dropped Puka to waivers and Max, you picked him right up. So kind of gave him to you for free in two leagues. So uh you're okay. you're loving it. I am something that is undisputed though, Puka Nakua first round hair. First he is worth a first round pick just for his hair. All right, let's keep moving forward. Uh, my pick right here is going to be Brian Robinson on 52% snap percentage. He scored 28 points, 27.9 and half point PPR. I look at him. He had 19 attempts in week one, 18 attempts in week two. He's overall right now. He's the RB three and half point PPR. I just can't see this being sustainable over the course of a season. If I'm, a competitor and I have him on my roster, I'm looking to sell. I'm a rebuilder. I have him on my roster. I'm looking to sell. I'm in the middle and I have him on my roster. I am looking to sell. I don't think that he has the longevity, the sustainability to be an RB one. And I think you can get like top 16 RB pricing on him right now. I, I would agree. You could, I think his value is probably super inflated. I think the football team is a little overrated. It's 52% snap percentage and 61 the week before. I just, I can't get behind that. He scores two touchdowns this week and he scores a touchdown the prior week as well. The touchdowns aren't always going to come. I would always rather invest in a guy. Obviously you're not going to get him for the same price. Like Bijan who goes out and scores uh, in full point PPR scores 20 points without a touchdown. And like these hyper efficient backs over these guys that get touchdown luck and low snap percentages. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Brian Robinson is a weird guy because I really 
didn't like him this past year. I thought, you know, Gibson, I still have the love for Gibson, sadly. But I, for me, I'm on the opposite side from you guys on this one. I feel like through two weeks, they're showing you, even if he's playing 50% of the snaps, that he's getting damn near 20 carries a game. Like he got 19 carries, 18 carries. So he's on the field. He's going to run the ball. That's basically what it is. I mean, Gibson, he's garbage. Antonio Gibson is not a good football player. He's shown it. Sadly, it's I mean, it's that time to say it if if it wasn't already passed. Right. So there's no one really else there. There's Gibson. There's Chris Rodriguez, Jr., who is a late round rookie pick this year. There's really no competition for Brian Robinson. And they're obviously just going to keep feeding him the ball. I mean, I, I don't know. That's where I'm like, if I am a competitor and you can somehow snag Robinson for a second round pick. I'm probably doing it. If I need running back depth that badly, like I guess that that kind of goes into our Chubb talk. Like if you're, if you're a guy that has Chubb out for the year, you still want to try to move forward, push the chips in. Robinson could probably still get you some halfway decent production for a second round pick or something like that. But I, I guess that's weird too. I don't own him in any leagues. Um, and I don't know if you guys have seen any trades, but you, maybe you wouldn't even be able to get a second round, like a lone second round pick to go through for Robinson. But I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on that. I know, like, what would you guys be trying to sell him for, I guess, ideally? I think in our league, he went for two seconds. If I don't, I'm not mistaken, this past offseason. So like, I feel like you could get a couple seconds for him, honestly. I feel like somebody who's really hungry can get a 26. I think you can get a 26 first if somebody's super hungry right now, but I, I'd be moving him. I, you can't expect him to do more than this on the year. I feel like this is going to be his peak value on the year. All right. Last one up, Nick C. Let's get your uh, weekend recap. Yeah. The one guy that I'm going to cover here, I, PJ, you're not going to like this one. It's going to be Dallas Goddard. He came out with a whopping, 5.2 points in half PPR. He led the Eagles in receptions. So I guess that's a Not good thing. Work, he, he had seven targets for six catches, ended up with 22 yards, though, uh, following up his week one performance of one target for zero catches. Um, it's just brutal, man. I, I don't know if this is how the Eagles are going to run their offense now. It's really going to be I, they're getting Devonta Smith super heavily featured AJ Brown's getting his feet and then the, the run game's just there. So it kind of leaves Goddard as the odd man out. I I don't know, man, I'm pretty sour on Goddard moving into the rest of the season. I, I feel like there's a ton of guys that I would rather have than Goddard. Um, but it could just be the way the game script rode out the, these first two games. Uh, maybe he gets it together down the stretch, but I mean, he was pretty consistent last year, but so far he's not showing it this year. He's so. just not getting the yardage. That's the problem. He's getting he got the targets last week and it was just great tackling. He never got a chance to really like push the ball down the field, sadly. But I, I do think that opportunity will come at some point in the season. I wouldn't be completely out on him. I don't really have much to say for Goddard. I think that the targets are obviously a great thing. AJ Brown does not look good as well. I think that they just have to get their mojo back. Yeah, new play caller there too. So it could just be some growing pains having uh the new play caller. I mean, they 
the Eagles were getting booed on their first drive. I think it was like their first or second yeah. drive. Just because hey man, of they some care. Of the, some of the play calling. So hopefully he can get it figured out. Maybe they'll be missing Steichen, but I, you know, a lot of season left. It's kind of an overreaction, but. All right, let's keep moving forward. Our last segment of the night, we're going to be doing our crystal ball picks. Have a trade. There it is. I told I told everyone early in the episode. At some point, Max would just chime in like he always does. Let's hear it, Mr. Max. I have a trade for both. League details. Um, Peter, yours is a 12-team super flex, full point PPR. Okay. Um, I gave you Puka Nakua. Mm-hmm. You give me Nick C's 2025 first. No, thank you. Why not? Proje- I project Nick C's first to be a l- little bit better in 2025 than expected. Sorry, Mr. C. Hey, man, it's reality. I got to get better in that league. Would you do it for your 2026 first, Peter? No. So you don't think he's worth the first? I think I think it's very interesting with him. I don't think he is worth a first-round pick, but I think you can get a first-round pick for him. Interesting. He's worth a first if PJ is selling him. Oh, he 100% is. If I'm selling him, he's worth a first. Puka or Judy? Puka or Judy? I'm going to sound like a clown, but I'd still want Judy. Not a clown take. I'd rather have Judy 10 out of 10. Puka and a second or Judy? What year? 24. That's basically two seconds for Judy. I can't do that. Okay. But it, it does, you know, when you when you shine shit up and you uh, put some gold leaf on it, it looks a lot better than it, than it did, but it's still shit. Yeah, we're not making a trade. Uh, Mr. C, I do have a trade for you as well. It's in a redraft league. Um, I'm prepared to give you Bijan Robinson. If you give me Brees Hall, you give me Brees Hall and AJ Brown. I'll give you Bijan Robinson and Drake London. No, I'm all good on that one. Thank Actually, you, that'd, be, that'd be two Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I already have another redraft league where I have London and uh, Robinson, and it's not a fun time. Would you do Judy and Bijan? I don't think I would, man. I don't think I would. I think that's pretty. I think Bijan's worth more than AJ Brown. I think Judy's pretty close to Brees Hall. No. Brees Hall has played 30% of the snaps both weeks. Yeah, dude. He's coming off an ACL injury. Long season. He'll be fine. And he just complained last week. I guarantee you he gets at least like 14 carries. Damn. I do respect that effort, though. Thank you for bringing a trade. Always. You should always. We're going to start this. We're going to start this on. on the podcast this week, we're going to thank people, even if it's a terrible, terrible offer for offering trades. We're going to, we're going to start saying thank you to Max or thank you to your league mate for offering a trade because it makes fantasy so much more exciting. So Mr. C, I like what you did there. From now on, we're going to thank the person that gave us a trade. No one brings me trades. Then I guess you're not going to be saying thank you too much. Well, I just think that it's kind of garbage, but okay. All right, let's move into our crystal ball segment. 
All right, everyone knows the drill. One boom, one bust for the upcoming week. We're going to peer into our crystal balls here. Mine is short and simple. Josh Jacobs is going to be my boom. Josh Jacobs is my boom. I know everyone's going to say, Pittsburgh, that defense looked great. No, they didn't. They got slaughtered in the run game. They are not a good run defense. They are a great pass rush. They are not a good run defense. Look, don't get me wrong. The Raiders are not as good of a running offense as San Francisco is and as Cleveland is, the last two teams that they faced that they allowed a million points to the RBs. Don't get me wrong. Jacobs is coming off a couple midweeks, hasn't scored a touchdown yet. He gets on the board with a touchdown, and he yards after that is gravy for fantasy. So Josh Jacobs last week, Pete, just so the listeners know, had nine carries for minus two yards. Yes, we know. That's terrible. Yeah, it's really bad. But he'll he'll be fine. He still put up 10 points. Yeah, because he had five catches for 51 yards. So he will be fine. Do not panic. Josh Jacobs will score a touchdown this week. And that will provide the floor you need for him to get any additional points. Yeah, I'm with that, Pete. I feel like you know, sometimes you need that extra affirmation because people so far, I mean, it's two weeks in and you could have people that are looking at Jacobs being like, oh, shit, maybe I should bench him for Raheem Mostert or something. Yeah, so seriously. I, I do like it. I do like it. The little extra affirmation and uh, Cameron guys. Cameron Hayward, too, is out for Pittsburgh. So he missed this past game and I think he's out for the next couple of games. So they're probably going to be a pretty juicy matchup, like you're saying. Yeah, don't get me wrong. He's not going to go rush for 125 yards. Uh, he's not going to put up a Nick Chubb stat line, but I think he finds his way to the end zone with 60 yards rushing, and then any work in the pass game is gravy. So, Pete, I, I just don't like it, and I would be willing to make a bet with you on it. Okay. I'm uh, willing to bet you $5 that he does not score a touchdown. Friendly, friendly $5. Yeah, done. Okay. I'll take that. Nice. All right, so I'm going to go with Zay Flowers versus the Colts. This one, I feel like it's pretty free matchup. Um, Indianapolis has just been getting torched by wide receivers. Uh, last week, they gave up a monster week to Nico Collins. He had like 147 yards and a touchdown. Tank Dell had like 70 yards and a touchdown. Uh, week one as well, they gave up some big stat lines. Lamar looked better this past week. He had like 230 passing yards. Um, I think against a weak defense, Baltimore is just going to be able to throw all over them. And I think it's going to be a Zay Flowers game. It's going to be a Mark Andrews game. I think a lot of these receiving options are going to be good there. And Odell Beckham is out as well with an injury. So I think that'll just free up some more routes for, for Flowers there. I love this pick, Nixie. That was going to be my pick, so congrats. You got to it first. He's going to feast, I think, over 100 yards and a touchdown. He's very well in the card for So my boom of the week here, Nixie, is going to be Jamar Chase. He's had two just stinker weeks in a row. Uh, five catches, 39 yards. Five catches, 31 yards. Just terrible, honestly. Really pitiful. Um, he plays on Monday night versus the Rams. I expect this to be a high-scoring game. Everyone remembers the Rams, Chiefs. I think the Bengals-Rams can put up the same kind of thing. Um, I mean, Puka's going to feast. I think that Jamar Chase will do well. 
T. Higgins got his feed last week. They know they have to get Jamar Chase involved if they want to see um, a win. And they're 0-2, and they are at home. So I think Jamar Chase, 100 yards and a touchdown is pretty pretty chill. I totally get this one, Max, but I do have one point of contention. So Joe Burrow did uh, like re-injure his calf, and so okay. his availability for week three, I guess, is up in the air. There's okay. no confirmation either way, but I don't know if that would maybe sway your I pick think, at all. I think he's going to play, though. I, I can't see them going into that matchup without their quarterback and potentially going 0-3. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you that he'll probably play, but either way, like, he'll still be limited a little bit. I mean, he'll his mobility will probably not be the best. Maybe his throws are a little off. I mean, week one, he looked rough. Week two was a little better, but still not kind of that standard. But I didn't know if maybe I, that I would have an effect. Chase will get more quick screens, more like easy three-step drops. It probably won't be like more downfield throws, but I think he'll have a great floor for PPR. Obviously, it would affect it, yes. Moving in to the bust is what we do now. I'm going to go with, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how I feel technically about this guy. <laughs> Michael Pittman's going to have to be my bust this week. Um, he has a juicy matchup versus Baltimore, honestly. I just don't think Richardson's going to be there. I don't really trust Gardner Minshew. Pittman's done really well. I mean, in his first two games, he's had double-digit targets in both games. Um, I just don't think that's going to happen with Gardner Minshew at the helm. He's had eight catches, 97 yards, eight catches, 56 yards. Uh, he scored a touchdown in week one. So I don't know. I just don't like him for this week. I get he has a juicy matchup, but they're at Baltimore with probably a backup quarterback. I'm staying away. I feel like he'll have a decent week still. I mean, Minshew is good enough to kind of sling the ball. He showed it in the two games last year with the Eagles. I mean, he had, 355 yards two touchdowns 274 yards and a touchdown I mean even this past week in a limited game but he still threw the ball 23 times for 171 and a touchdown so he could I I don't know I feel like they'll probably be airing it out a bunch more yeah could he could still have it he's a slanger that's not bad he slings a rock man I'm gonna stick with it I just think the backup quarterback, the Baltimore Ravens defense, they scare me. Um, but those stats, they back up the opposite. So I, I think that would be an interesting one. I think if, if we want to just spend two minutes really quick, a uh, small part of the podcast talking about Michael Pittman Jr. I feel like he's kind of flown under the radar a little bit. Uh, Dynasty-wise, this offseason, definitely under the radar asset. Uh, and we're only saying under the radar because nobody wanted him. You know, three weeks ago, we'd say he was a crumb. He was a crumb asset. Mr. Max always liked him. Max, what was the reasoning why you were still okay with having Pittman with Richardson being the quarterback? The contract year. I mean, he was an early second round wide receiver that is going to either go out and ball out with Anthony Richardson if Anthony Richardson hits, or he'll leave in free agency and go somewhere else. Um, like the Chiefs or whoever. I mean, we always say the Chiefs, but really just the situation, his height, his route running, and he's just one of those guys that, like, he'll get, I think he's had 140 targets in back-to-back seasons. Like, he's like a Deontay Johnson kind of guy for me, Um, whereas, like, last year he had 141. The year before that he had 129. So it's the targets, it's the size, it's the contract year, um, and he's the only guy in Indianapolis, really. So, All right, let's keep moving forward, Mr. C., who is your bust? 
Yeah, so it's going to be Sky Moore versus the Chicago Bears for me. Um, like I was saying kind of earlier, I think just because we're past week two, I, there's a ton of overreactions and like people are making snap calls on two weeks of, of data, which I think is kind of tough to do. And Sky Moore had a good week last week, right? He had 70 yards, had a touchdown, but he only had four targets, had three catches. I think it's really, it's going to be really tough to project this Kansas City wide receiver room, especially like which guy's going to pop off. Uh, Tony got a few catches in, uh, you know, with Kelsey back. I just don't think the volume or the efficiency is going to stay with Sky Moore going into this next week. Um, I think it's going to be a trap because people are going to see like, oh, he had the touchdown, had 70 yards. He's going to pop off against the Bears, but I, I really don't see it um, because he he's shown nothing in his career. So I, I until he shows like four games where he can go 70 in a touchdown, then maybe I'll change my tune, but that's my bust. Yeah, I, it's kind of more buns. Sorry, more. You should trade while you can. He's an extremely sell high for me. I think that this offense, like Nick C. Sadish, is very unpredictable. Pels is going to be back at full swing. Um, you just don't know who's going to get the ball. And yes, he had a touchdown. He had, a, but the, the, he was wide open. It's a very good bust this week. It wasn't a very impressive touchdown, if I recall. But let's keep moving. You don't get style points in fantasy. Somebody who knows that all too well by his end zone touchdowns is Mike Evans. Mike Evans is going to be my bust this week. He had an elite game last week, vintage Mike Evans performance. But this week, Monday night against the Eagles, he's going to get the number one treatment. Eagles defense is banged up a little bit. But all I can see is Baker Mayfield against the absolute army of defensive linemen for the Eagles. Baker's not going to have enough time to make correct reads, correct throws. He's just going to toss it up to Mike Evans. And I think it's going to end up in a lot of interceptions. Honestly, I would be trying to move Evans right now to a contender because the the magic of Baker and the fairy tale, it's not going to last forever. I remember Sam Darnold a couple of years ago, 3-0 and Carolina Panthers coming off a big primetime win. DJ Moore probably was going for two firsts at that point, two and a half firsts. Uh, now he's probably worth a first after a average performance on a 100-yard game for DJ Moore. So I think – now is the time you sell Mike Evans if you're a competitor and you're willing to to kind of strip it down a little bit, go get a little bit younger. Preach it, Peter. Literally preach it. That is, I think the Eagles defense feast this week. Um, it's in Tampa Bay. Eagles minus five might be my lock of the week, to be honest with you. Um, they haven't looked the best, but it's Baker Mayfield. He's going to turn the ball over by three, four times. Mike Evans is an extreme screaming sell for me. So love it, Pete. Love it, Nixie. Yeah, that's a great call, PJ. I, you know, I, I didn't really think of it from that aspect of, of you know, there's a dynasty podcast. There there has not been a window to sell Mike Evans this offseason, um, especially them not getting a contract worked out. I feel like you could maybe sell that news to somebody, be like, oh, look, he's having a good year. He could put up wide receiver two numbers for you. And he's going to be a free agent after the season. You could probably get somebody to pay like two seconds early, early, you know? early second, two seconds. Yeah, hundred percent. 
I like that because you couldn't get that this off season. So I think you're a hundred percent right on the sell window there. I think his interest is going to go through the roof in the next, like if he has a great game, let's just say he has a good game. I don't think he will, but let's say he puts up like 16 points. I think his value just completely shoots through the roof, but I'm not willing to take that chance against that Eagles. And it's not the secondary that scares me because the secondary is banged up. That Eagles D line is going to get to Baker and and they're not going to make it fun. All right. That's going to wrap up our show. Gentlemen, good show. Week two in the books. Week three on the horizon. Enjoy. Again, football is flying by. We're already two weeks in. By the time you hear from us again, we will be three weeks in. Good luck to everyone in their leagues this week. Always open on Twitter. DMs are always open. Just like uh, AJ Brown, 1K always open. DMs are always open on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. Shoot us your questions. Start sit decisions. We have so many people tweeted us uh, on Sunday mornings, Saturday nights about start sit decisions. So more than happy to help you as well in that regard. Send us your trades, XYZ at Dynasty monarchy over there again thank you everyone for listening to the episode we will see you next week thank you for listening to the dynasty monarchy podcast fancy some fantasy advice tweet or dm at dynasty monarchy on twitter until next time farewell my fellow kings and queens <laughs>